I would like to begin by reiterating the collect for the day, which simply said, grant to us, Lord, we pray, the spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we, who cannot exist without you, may by your ex may by you be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. I think it's important that we recognize the collect because it points out some of the issue that I found in the gospel and also in the epistle this morning. Because all of us, I think, understand that we always try to do those things that are right. But according to who? My rightness is not necessarily at all like anyone else's rightness because I have a perception of what it is, in fact, to be right. It's not given necessarily from the divine intervention or transcendence. It's just, I know what's right. And I'm right. <laughs> a friend of ours, uh, Travis Wright, she always referred to Jim, who was always right. <laughs> and he thought so too. And I think the dilemma comes when we look at this prayer and the context in the next clause is that it is God's will for us, not our own. Now, the baptism this morning is really a good time because I want you all as godparents and family to mark down this particular passage from Ephesians. Because it's speaking to the bap early baptized of the Christian church. And it gives sort of a list of things that the church expects of those who are baptized and a member of the community. So I'll read again for you some of the things that this writer to Ephesus puts in writing. Put away all falsehood. Let all of us who speak the truth to our neighbors. For we are members of one another. The integrity that's asked and the ability for us to confirm in the baptismal vow, will you do all in your power to respect the dignity of every human being? We can say, yes, I will try that. I will try to do the respect of dignity for every human being. And that's what this is addressing. In addition, and I like this very much because this is a struggle point for me. Be angry, but do not sin. I think my anger bleeds over into sinfulness quite often. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, which means I shouldn't wake up in the middle of the night still angry because <laughs> I haven't allowed it to be put away. Thieves must give up stealing rather to let their labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to all those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God 
with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away all from you all bitterness, wrath, anger, and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be its imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the kind of passage you need to put someplace and remind yourself to read it. Because this is, in fact, being Christian. It's sharing in the community. It's speaking the truth. It's uplifting. And it builds the love of the community together. It's really critical in a day in which we find dissension and division. And we as Christians, if we leap to the side of rightness, our own, too often we will find ourselves in sin, not in reconciliation, not in compassion, not in caring as Christ would have us to be. It's really a critical piece because I know I struggle with this a lot. I've told this story before, but I think it's, it's important to share with you. I had a wonderful relationship with a priest back in western New York called Abud Sam. And Abud and I would get into discussions. We took ourselves very rightly and very officiously. And we'd debate these various issues that came before us. His debating was exceptional, very clear and very focused. And I always felt like I was being pushed to the limits. And one time in our conversation, we're standing there facing off one another, and it happened to be at our diocesan convention out in the hall. And as we're talking, all of a sudden, I just got to the point where I was really ready to just pop him or walk away. So I started to back off, and he hugged me. Oh, wait a minute. And my arms are going, He said, just because we disagree doesn't mean we don't love one another. So I love you to death, but I'm never going to accept you for what you say all the time. And I'm going to challenge you. It's the first time in my entire life that I realized the Christian community is one that can hug in disagreement. It took me a long time to get past that desire to back away, to hide, to run to my own anger, my own rightfulness. And he was very, very clear about our relationship as being more than our disagreements. It was about the comparison of God's love to one another and enacting that love actively. I had another professor in seminary who sort of should have given me a better cue and I should have been more honest about his approach. Because he started off the course saying, you know, he says, theists and atheists really are in the same place. And I looked at him and thinking, what on earth does that mean, atheists and theists? He said, well, both of them are believers. One believes there's no God, and the other believes there is a God. But they both believe something. He said, now the agnostic I don't particularly enjoy because that's a fence sitter, 
and is not willing to put their foot on either side of the water. However, if you have a feeling or a, a sense of theology or rightness or willfulness, it's important to be able to understand its opposite. Because if you don't take time to explore and know the opposite to where you are, you have no context to truly speak from your position. That's why he started with existential nihilism in our class, which is a nice coined phrase for Camus and Sartre, but there was nothing. And he went to Christian theology because the symbolic language of Camus, and he actually wrote a letter to Camus saying, I don't understand it. You've said everything's nihilistic and everything doesn't work. He said, and yet you're writing a book that will be around for a long time after you and your thoughts will be there. He said, what about the symbolic? What about the Christian symbols that speak to us all over the history of time? He said, that's where faith, that's where the cognition of the spirituality comes in. Camus wrote him back and said, you're right, I didn't do it. That was it. But I think it's important for us, particularly in today's modern culture, with all of the visions, the visions that are going on, for us to realize that our Christian faith calls us not to separate ourselves, but to join others, to meet others in their place, in differences and so forth, and hold on to one another so that somehow we might be better Christians. A rabbi once told a story about a gentleman who was visiting at the Yeshiva Institute, and he said, I don't get it. There's two rabbinical students arguing over one piece of scripture, and they're arguing vociferously. He said, what's that about? The rabbi said to him, he says, well, there is always a third opinion. In the space of our disagreements, we need to recognize that God's expression, God's power and God's love and will will be a part of us. So as this child is baptized, may he have the gift to be in that space and place. May he have the gift to acknowledge that he doesn't have to be right. He just has to be himself and express it so that the community will honor him and give him a place always for his thoughts and his feelings and the rewards of living. Today, you are to receive the gift of baptism. And it gives you the opportunity to receive the Eucharist, which is Christ's bread of life. That's a gift. And that should empower you to be always in God's love. We have a duty and an obligation if we are to follow Christ to be sincere and honest about our ability to be clear-headed and accept the differences that all of us share so that we can actually embody the baptismal challenge that we might, in fact, when we say this, respect the dignity of all 
human beings to be open to the essence of the power of God's love is that dignity for human beings. Amen.